Welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I am Ryan McCreary. I'm here with Thomas Smith, and we are going to be doing our NFL or 2020 NFL Draft review. Uh, I actually did this on Sunday, but the audio was terrible and got messed up. Uh, so we're doing this today on Thursday, and it was a very fun draft this year. Um, I, I enjoyed the whole the whole thing a lot, even though it was all virtual. I thought they did it. I thought it was run very well. And I'm excited to get into this. We're going to be going over each first-round pick, giving our thoughts, and then we're going to go over each team's entire draft and just give our thoughts on those. Um, and that's pretty much all we got for today. But I'm excited. Let's go ahead and get into our first round, get into the first round, talk about those picks, starting with the number one overall pick, and that is Cincinnati taking Joe Burrow. Yes, this was a fantastic pick. Uh, I mean, if you're Cincinnati, it's time to move on from Andy Dalton. He's done some good things for you. You know, you've made you made the playoffs like the first four years, uh, like in a row of when when he was the starter for his first four years. Uh, I think that's correct. I might be might be wrong there. I think it's either four or five years in a row when Andy Dalton was first, uh, you know, a rookie through his fifth year. They made the playoffs. I mean, they never got a playoff win, so. You know, it his play deteriorated, and you know now it's time to move on from him. I think he's 32 or something like that, and uh, so they they actually just cut him today, I believe. Yep. Uh, Joe Burrow, best quarterback in this class, um, fantastic, probably the best season a college football player has ever had, like the best single season for a college football player ever for Joe Burrow last year. Won the Heisman, had 60 passing touchdowns. Uh, won the national championship, just was ridiculously efficient as a passer, got drastically better from uh, his 2018 season where he was, you know, projected as a, you know, sixth round draft pick to like borderline undrafted and shot all the way up to the number one overall pick. I think this is a home run pick right here. I mean, this is their, this is their franchise for the next 10 plus years. Yeah, totally agree. This is the right pick. And I mean, like I, I, everyone knew this was gonna happen, so it was no surprise that they went with Joe Burrow. They needed a they needed a franchise quarterback. They just cut uh, Andy Dalton, like you said, which frees up like 17 million dollars in cap space. So even though they di- didn't address the offensive line in the draft, they can still do that now uh, in free agency. Uh, but this is a great pick. Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the draft, in my opinion. Even even if Tua was healthy, I still would have had Burrow as my number one guy. Agreed. He's accurate. Um, the arm strength is a little bit of a concern, but I think it's a, cons- a concern with Tua as well. Um, and he's got the pocket presence. He's very accurate. His decision making is elite, and his ability to make plays when plays break when plays break down is it's just incredible. And it's rare for a guy to be able to make plays uh, on the run and off platform like he does, and he does it very well. It's it's like Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes esque, and I think that's the best part of his game. I love Burrow. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. All right. The number two overall pick, the Washington Redskins selected Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. Another home run pick, Chase Young, in my opinion, is the best prospect in this class. Uh, so, you know, obviously good value here being able to get the number one player in the class at number two, um, you know, kind of following the the blueprint that several teams have laid, you know, before 
before them, uh, like with the Eagles and the 49ers, where you build just a stout defensive line. And you see where that's taken these teams. Like the Eagles made the Super Bowl, uh, won the Super Bowl a couple years, a stout defensive line. So Washington's kind of following that formula. Uh, you know, I think for the past like five years or so, they've taken a defensive lineman in the first round, something like that. Maybe it's four out of the past five years they've taken a defensive line. So now they have five defensive, five first round defensive linemen um, on their defensive line with Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and now Chase Young. And I, I love this pick. They have one of the scariest defensive lines in the league now with Chase Young. Especially, I love the idea of having Chase Young and Montez Sweat opposite of each other. I think that's going to be a scary edge-rushing tandem. Yeah, uh, Chase Young, uh, I, th- I thought, was the best the best prospect in the entire draft, and he was the best edge-rusher in the class. Um, he's just a freak athlete. A guy with that size should not be able to move as well as he, as well as he does. He should not be as flexible as he is. But he's got great burst off the line of scrimmage. He, he's got incredible flexibility. And he's not as technically sound as like the, the uh, Bosa brothers a few years back. Uh, but I think he's still better than both of those because of his physical his physical tools. I think he's fantastic. And the Redskins could have gone quarterback. Um, but, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is not awful. He played really well down the stretch last year. So I don't think... It was time to move on. I think the smarter pick was Chase Young over Tua here. Um, and I, I understand the edge was not a huge need for them. But Ryan Kerrigan's getting up there in age. They're going to have to replace him soon. And why not replace him with Chase Young, who's one of the best pass rushers in the in recent memory. Like, I think he's probably the best pass rusher since I, – I, mean, I think he's arguably better than Miles Garrett. Um, maybe since Von Miller, like – and Khalil Mack, like, he, he is a stud. Yeah, completely agreed. I, I love this pick. This was a, a home run for them. Uh, number three, the Detroit Lions selected Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State. Another home run pick. The first three picks, to me, were were all right. you know, yeah. fantastic. And, and it was pretty much expected that it was going to go Joe, Chase Young, and then Jeff Okuda. So that was pretty much expected. It wasn't any surprises in the top three. But Detroit, you know, in 2019, worst passing defense in the league. And they get worse over the offseason. They trade away Darius Slay, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, to Philly and downgrade exponentially by picking up Desmond Trufant, who is nowhere near the level of play as um, Darius Slay. So they had to get a corner here. Okuda is – one of the best corner prospects in you know recent memory, and I mean this is a fantastic pick here. You address a need and get a, and you're not reaching to get anybody. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Jeff Okuda is as close to a perfect cornerback cornerback prospect as you're ever gonna find. Um, the one issue I have with him is his long speed. It's not the best. Like you, you would. You, I, I wish that his speed was a little bit faster. Like I, I wish he ran like a four three forty, but he ran a yeah. four four a four four eight, I believe. I think it's a four four seven. Yeah, something in that range. I uh, mean, which, it's still it's still not bad. bad, but it's not like elite corners. It's not like elite, like like the like the elite corners in the NFL, um, like Jalen Ramsey, and like guys like that. They they had they run like super high four fours, uh, high or low four three forties. Right. Um, so, and like the greatest corners of all time, 
didn't run a 40 that was close close to 4-5. So that's one concern I have. Uh, but Akuda is just so technically sound that I think it makes up for it. He, he, he's just such a great man in zone corner. Um, and he was the best corner in the class, easily, in my opinion. I don't think any of the other corners come close to him. Um, and, and he fits the scheme here in Detroit. They, they needed a man corner. They traded Darius Slay, brought in Trufant, who was a solid number two. Um, but he's not good enough to replace Slay. They needed somebody else. Akuda's going to come in there, probably be their number two to start off. But eventually he'll slide into that number one spot. Um, I think he's going to be great. I love Akuda. Um, and he's a great fit with the Lions. I think this is a great pick. Like the first three picks were just all really good picks. Yeah, I completely agreed. And with Akuda, that long speed is is not like a huge deal, but oh, no, it is I, yeah. it is something to look at. Like the elite corners, like Stephon Gilmore, he ran in the four fours. I know like Darrell Revis and um, who else was I was I thinking about? But Darrell Revis ran like a four three eight. Uh, Patrick Peterson ran in the four threes as well. Uh, yeah. You know, one, one of the the corners that come to mind that I'm thinking like a slower corner is Richard Sherman, who ran in the four fives. But he doesn't play the same way as Akuda. Richard Sherman is a zone corner, not, right. you know, like a a man corner like Okuda is. But yeah. I'm not too too concerned about his long speed. I still, you know, it's still a great pick. And oh, obviously, yeah. you, don't, you don't think it's a bad pick. But I love Akuda. I'm just saying like – like, I have some concerns. Like, if I'm going to put him up against Tyreek Kill, is he going to be able to keep up? That's my concern. Or like, with, with receivers, like, am, am I going to be able to trust Akuda to stay on a guy with elite speed like that? This Like, with his long speed, it, it, it worries me. But I think he's got the technique that makes – so it makes up for that. Like, his technique is, like, near – it's, like, flawless. So I think that makes up for his long speed or his lack of long speed. Um, I think he's a great corner. Um, but that, that's one thing that that's one thing that kind of worries me about him. Um, I don't think it'll be a huge issue, uh, but it, it could possibly become an issue at the next level. Yeah. Um, number four, we had the New York Giants taking Andrew Thomas, tackle from Georgia. I think this was the the first surprise of the night. Yeah. This surprised me. Uh, I still like the pick. I thought that. You know, perhaps Jedrick Wills from Alabama or Mackay Becton from Louisville might have been better picks here. But I still like Andrew Thomas. He's a good tackle. They needed to address tackle. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are their franchise, and they have to help them thrive so that they can thrive as an organization. And Andrew Thomas can help them do that, protecting Daniel Jones and, and making a way for Saquon Barkley to, to get in the end zone. So I, I like this pick a lot, but – I think Wills or Becton might have been the better option. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would have gone with Jedrick Wills here. Um, he's the best tackle in the draft. And I'm just glad they didn't go linebacker. I'm glad they didn't go Simmons. Um, I'm really glad that the Giants did. They went tackle because they got to protect Daniel Jones um, and Saquon Barkley. They gave up 48 sacks last year, which is unacceptable. You got to clean that up. Um, and Andrew Thomas is a very solid tackle. I had him ranked as my number three tackle, uh, but he's very solid. He's good in pass protection. He's a great run blocker. Um, he's, he's powerful, not as powerful as Becton, but he's good with his hands. Um, he's just not as mobile. He's not as athletic and doesn't have the upside that the other three tackles in this class have. Uh, but he's very solid, and he's got a low floor or a high floor. Um, I think he's a, this is a solid pick. 
Um, and it, it's a safe pick. Um, but I still like it. Uh, I, I'm really glad they went tackle. But like I said, I would have gone Wills or, or even back then here. Yeah, agreed. Number five, uh, Miami Dolphins here. They took Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback from Alabama. This was the right pick. At first, you know, I, I'd be a little concerned just because of the injuries. But <clears throat> it was pretty much, in in my eyes, it was pretty much guaranteed that Miami was going to take a quarterback. I know that there were right. talks about them trading up and taking a top tackle. But I think that was just fluff. That was just, you know them saying that so that they could, you know, maybe force a trade or something like that. Um, but out of the the two quarterbacks that they were likely going to take here, which is Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Herbert from Oregon, I think they made the right decision here. Uh, now, Tua, obviously a very injury-plagued college career, but I think if he can, you know, maybe sit behind Fitzpatrick for the next year, you know, at least for half of the next year and, you know, get fully healthy and he needs to work on his style of play playing. He plays more athletic than he is and he needs to calm down with that and, you know, just sit in the pocket and try not to get sacked, which can be very difficult with this terrible Miami offensive line. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. I like the pick. I think this was the right pick here. Yeah, me too. Uh, I would have taken I would have taken Tua uh, in my final mock draft, which is like it was uh, what I would do my draft. I had the Dolphins taking Tua, um, and this was the right decision. They got to get their franchise guy. They couldn't wait until 18 for that to happen uh, because quarterback is the most important position in, in all of football, and you can't wait. If you have your guy available at five, you have to take him at five. And Tua's injuries do scare me. Um, they honestly do. That's why I had him sliding to five. And, and that's why he, he fell to five. He probably would have gone top three if he didn't have uh, these in, the if he wasn't injury prone in college. But he is, and it's partially because of his aggressive play style. He's kind of reckless, and he plays like he's more athletic than he actually is. Um, and, and that's an issue that he's got to fix. He's got to become more protective of his body. He, he can't just he can't try to extend plays as much as he does. Because he just doesn't have that kind of athleticism, and he holds on to the ball too long, he takes unnecessary hits, and he gets hurt. Now, if he can clean that up, he has the talent to be a franchise quarterback. He's got the accuracy, the decision making, um, and, and and he's smart, and he can extend plays a little bit, but he kind of plays like he's Russell Wilson when he's actually Drew Brees. Um, so that's one part of his game he's got to fix. Uh, but I, I love the pick. He's going to be great in Miami as long as they show up that offensive line. He'll have a good career. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number six, the Los Angeles Chargers selected Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Uh, not a huge fan of this pick, as I know you are not either. Um, you know, in my opinion, Herbert is not worth a top ten pick. And they have Tyrod Taylor, who I understand is not the long-term option, but I think he's a serviceable quarterback. And with the defense and the pieces they have around him, I think they can still win with Tyrod Taylor. Um but, you know, Herbert, they decided to take Herbert. They're hoping that he could be their franchise guy. I just think he has a lot of flaws that were too pressing to to just overlook and think that, you know, it'll just get better once he is coached up in the NFL. I mean, I mean he's got that prototypical NFL quarterback size and the big arm. There's just, like, several flaws in his decision-making, and he, he 
goes through his progressions too quickly instead of you know being more patient and actually really reading the defense he just tries to find the open man and he's it like too quickly instead of trying to see you know what might happen um so i don't i don't know i don't love this pick but maybe he can succeed you know in los angeles where he has some some pieces around him yeah Howard taylor is not the long-term option i think everybody knows that um, and, and it would have been awesome for them to get their franchising guy here, but I don't think any of the quarterbacks after Burrow and Tua were worth taking top 10. Um, and I would not have taken Justin Herbert first round. He's not a first round quarterback. He's just not like his decision making is not there. The accuracy isn't there. The arm strength is there, but you can't just like you can't just a quarterback with a strong arm that like a strong arm does not equal talent. Like You have to put everything together. You got to have the accuracy. The decision making, the poise, the ability to throw with anticipation, and he just doesn't have that. Like he, there's a bunch of plays where he doesn't throw with anticipation, and he waits too long, and then his receivers just get killed by safeties. Safeties are just drilling them, and that's an easy way to get your receivers injured. And you cannot do that at, at the next level. Your teammates are going to chew you out on the sa- on the on the, on the sideline, especially uh, with two two more injury-prone receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams who have both struggled with injuries throughout their career, you right. can't do that. Yeah, like they're going to chew him out on the sideline. Um, I would have taken Isaiah Simmons here because you're competing against Kansas City. And to beat Kansas City, you need to be explosive on both sides of the ball. And adding Simmons to that defense with Derwin James, they would have been the, the scariest defense in all of football. Like what are you going to do against, against that defense? with Simmons and Derwin James. Like, that would have been terrifying. Your screen game is not going to work because Simmons has incredible sideline-to-sideline speed. And then you can interchange Simmons and James. You can you can put Derwin James at linebacker, put Isaiah Simmons at safety. You can put Isaiah Simmons at linebacker and Derwin James at safety. And you can do so many things. It gives you a lot of versatility. And that just makes your defense just, like, unstoppable i don't know what you're going to do against that defense um because a lot of easy plays like screens um and short passes are going to be eaten up by those guys because they they have the athleticism um and the range to just eliminate that part of your offense and i think that would have that would have been a huge step towards uh closing the gap between the chargers and the chiefs uh but they went with herbert who i would not have taken in the first round i think they should have gone simmons yeah, number seven, uh, Carolina Panthers selected Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn. Uh, I love this pick. This is a great pick right here. Uh, Carolina really struggled against the run last year. They were one of the worst teams in the league uh, against the run, and Derek Brown is just a phenomenal run-stopping defensive tackle, old-school, big defensive tackle. Um, I think this is a perfect selection here for – what Matt Rule is trying to do, which is, you know, get bigger, stronger, and faster on defense. Uh, Derek, Derek Brown is definitely bigger and stronger. I don't know so much about the faster. Um, but this is a fantastic selection right here for Carolina. I think Simmons might have been <clears throat> a good pick here just because, you know, you're trying to fill that hole that Luke Keekley left by retiring, you know, kind of surprisingly at age 29. So that would have been a good pick to fill a fill a need, but you know defensive tackle is also a need, and you you got to get better against the run. Yeah, their run defense was awful last year, and Derek Brown is a top five talent in this draft. 
He really is. That dude is a stud. Um, and I mean, he he's better than Ken Law, in my opinion. And I honestly, I don't think it's as close as many people think. Um, Derek Brown can do a whole lot more than Ken Law can. I um, mean, he's also a, a a very solid pass rusher or interior in pass rusher as a defensive tackle. Um, I love Derek Brown. I think he's a stud. Uh, but like you said, Isaiah Simmons would have also been a nice pick here uh, to replace Luke Keekley. Um, I think an interesting pick here, um, and I've mentioned this to you before, is taking a tackle here because Russell Okung is on a one-year deal. And say you don't bring him back next year, which I think is likely, what are you going to do at tackle? Because you're going to have nobody, and your offensive line is going to – it's gonna you're going to have a very tough situation with your offensive line a year from now. Where you have just nobody on your offensive line, you you don't especially, have you don't have right. a franchise left tackle. Right, so what especially are you do? with a with a quarterback that's you know struggled with injuries and Teddy Bridgewater. Right. So you want to keep him healthy. Yeah, I mean I don't think this is a bad pick. I'm not saying it was. I love Brown and I think he fits in perfectly with the Panthers. <clears throat> but you got to think ahead and like you got you got to manage your contract situation. And a year from now, you, you you are most likely gonna be looking at a situation where you have a very poor offensive line, <laughs> and you're gonna lose Russell Okung. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I still like the pick. I just think that taking a tackle here might have been the smartest pick. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I I I mean. I think anything you did here, you know, taking either Simmons, oh. Brown, or taking Wills, I think any of those picks would have been home runs. I 100% uh, agree. Yeah. And speaking of Simmons, at number eight, we have the Arizona Cardinals. I think they were kind of surprised to have Isaiah Simmons slide to them here. Uh, so they snatched him up before anybody else could. Uh, I love this pick. This is fantastic. I thought, you know, maybe offensive line might be a more pressing need here, but Simmons is just way too talented to pass up. I mean, he can play anywhere on the field on the defensive side of the ball. Heck, he can probably even play on offense. Put him at receiver. Let Kyler Murray have another weapon. Put him on the offensive line. You know, do whatever. No, but seriously, Isaiah Simmons, fantastic defensive player. Uh, you know, he's he's probably my early favorite for for defensive player of the year. Either him or Chase Young. Or not defensive player of the year, defensive rookie. No, I, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's probably my early favorite for that. Um, so yeah, they just got a lot better, a lot better on defense here, especially with with a disappointing Hashan Reddick who has you know struggled to produce ever since being a first round pick a few years ago. Yeah, um, a tackle would have been nice here. Like Jedrick Wills would have been a great pick because he can play right tackle, and DJ Humphreys is going to be your left tackle. Um, but Isaiah Simmons is a freak athlete. I love him, but and I think this pick makes a lot more sense, uh, considering that they got Josh Jones in the third round. Uh, or that is third round, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the third, third round. Um, so I think that makes this pick a little more likable. Because um, at first I'm thinking, wow, you're going to have a rough situation if you don't get a right tackle. But they did that later in the draft. Um, and they have a, whole, a, lot, a lot of holes on defense. And this fills a need that they had. Um, I know defense is not that good. I mean, this feels um, but, like three needs. Yeah. I mean, he, like, can play, he can play linebacker, he can play slot corner, he can play safety, wherever you want to put him. Yeah, so I, I like this for the Cardinals. This makes them a lot more fun. I, I, it's going to be so much fun to watch the Cardinals next year. They're going to be so explosive on both sides of the ball. So I like this pick. 
Um, and, and I like this pick even more considering what they did later in the draft. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars here. They selected C.J. Henderson, cornerback from Florida. You know, cornerback is a big need for them after trading Jalen Ramsey to the Rams last season and also uh, losing A.J. Bouye to – I believe they lost him to free agency. I can't believe – I can't remember if they uh, traded him or, or if he was just a free agent, but I know he's with the Broncos now. Um, so corner was definitely a need here. Uh, I like Henderson. Uh, he did have kind of an off year in 2019. He, he had a fantastic season in 2018, but 2019 was a little bit of an off year. I think he can be a really good corner, but he needs to work up, work on uh, cleaning up some technique and some college mistakes that he made. Uh, so this is, this is a, a solid pick here, but I thought there were, there were better options. Yeah. Um, I don't really like this pick like at all, to be honest. I would not have taken CJ Henderson top ten. Um, and I had him as I had him ranked as my number three corner. I like him, but you had Kenlaw on the board. You had Jedrick Wills here, and th- those are both much better players than Henderson, and they also fill needs. So I don't know why you didn't go with Kenlaw or Wills here. Um, you take a corner at nine, who's not even better than AJ Terrell in my opinion. I, I think he's got a, a ton of upside. With his physical tools, because he's got incredible length and the speed to be an elite man corner at the next level. Um, but there were some times this season where he just looked lost on film. And his inability to, or his lack of ability to help you out and run support is a huge issue. Like teams are going to run towards him all, all, all game, every, every game. Like it, it's going to be his, him being on the field is going to hurt your run defense a lot. So I would not have taken him, taken him at here. Um, definitely wouldn't take him top ten. I would have taken him like from like maybe earliest pick fifteen. Um, I would have took I would have took Kenlaw here. Yeah, uh, you know I kind of disagree with you about Henderson being third. He was my second ranked corner, so right. I don't think this is a, a terrible pick here. Uh, but you know Jacksonville has to select. You know, a Florida Gator. That's that's if there's a Florida Gator available in the first round. I mean, they're the Jacksonville Gators. Yeah. They have to take one. I remember because they took like Florida Gators back to back one year. I think they took um, they took uh, what's his name on the Falcons now? Um, defensive end Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler, and I think the next year, or it might have been the year, like two years later, they took Taven Bryan defensive tackle yeah. from Florida and now they're taking CJ Henderson. So it's the, it's the Jacksonville Gators. They have to take a Florida guy here, but no, uh, number 10, the Cleveland Browns selected Jedrick Wills tackle from Alabama. Ooh, home run, home run right here. Fantastic pick. Uh, Wills in, in my opinion is the best tackle in this class and Cleveland did have a need at tackle. Uh, I assume that Wills will play left tackle, uh, at Cle- in Cleveland just because Conklin's played right tackle his, his whole career. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the tackle spots are are secured now for Cleveland with them having Wills at, on the left side and having um, Conklin on the right side. So I love this pick. This addresses a huge need for them. Yeah, this was an insanely good pick. I can't believe Wills spelled a 10. Um, but, yeah, this is a fantastic pick. And they needed to take offensive tackle. I thought they were going to go Beckton here. Not not with Wills available, but before the draft. I thought if Beckton fell here, they were going to take him. 
Um, and Beckton fell here, but so did Wills, and this was an easy pick for them. Wills fits per- perfectly into their system. He's a great pass protector, a great run blocker. He's the best tackle they draft. He's got great footwork, great uh, just overall mechanics. His technique is fantastic. I love Wills. Um, this is a great pick. And, and Baker Mayfield is going to love playing behind this offensive line with Jack Conklin at right tackle and Wills at left tackle. Yeah. Um, at number 11, the New York Jets selected Makai Becton, tackle from Louisville. I, lo- I love this pick, too. There were there were surprisingly not very many bad picks. Like, in a lot of drafts, I feel like there are several picks where I'm just like, uh, I don't like this pick. Yeah. You know, but I feel like everybody did a pretty good job. I mean, granted, this is one of the most talented drafts in a while, but I thought everybody did a very good job at, at their picks. Or not teams did a very good job. So there weren't a lot of picks that I hated, and, you know, this is no exception here. Uh, I love this pick uh, for the Jets. They have several needs, obviously. They're not they're not a very good team. They have several needs. But Sam Darnold's their future, in, in their opinion, and offensive line is the biggest need for them. They have to protect him. He's been sacked too much. Um and and Beckton is is ginormous. Uh, almost six foot eight. I think he's three sixty, is that right? Around three sixty or three seventy. Um yeah. and he he just moves people. He throws people around. Uh, I think he's a plug and play guy at left tackle and he'll be fantastic for the Jets. Yeah, this is a great pick for the Jets. They needed to go offensive tackle here instead of a wide receiver. Their offensive line is awful. Um, so they, they needed to address that, and they took my number two tackle in Beckton. Beckton has incredible raw power and raw strength, um, and he's got incredible feet for a guy his size. Um, I think he's got a lot of upside. I don't think he's a project. I think he can play now and play at a high level. I love Beckton. Um, I think he's a fantastic tackle and just a an, a rare athletic freak. Um, and I think he's going to be great in New York. Yeah. Uh, at number 12, the Las Vegas Raiders, a little bit of a surprise here, selected Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver from Alabama. It's a bit of, a bit of a surprise that Ruggs went before uh, you know his teammate Jerry Judy from Alabama or uh, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Uh, I thought Jerry or Lamb would have been the better option. Ruggs is my third best receiver uh, in this class, but the Raiders have always coveted speed, and you know this pick is no exception. Ruggs can flat out fly, ran a 4.27 at the combine, and was disappointed in that. I mean, he could have done better than a 4.27. That's how fast this guy is. He's disappointed in a 4.27. That's crazy. But you know. Just because I think Judy and Lamb are better than Ruggs, it doesn't mean Ruggs is not a good receiver. Ruggs is a fantastic receiver. This is just such a deep class that I felt like, you know, I I thought the top three were very close, but I had, you know, Judy or Lamb a little bit higher, uh, Judy and Lamb a little bit higher than Ruggs. Um, But Ruggs is a fantastic receiver. Great route runner, super fast, good hands. I mean, he's he's the full package. So the Raiders, you know, made a great selection here. Yeah, uh, I didn't expect Henry Ruggs to be the first receiver off the board, but I wasn't totally surprised. I I was I I knew that there was a chance he would be, uh, but I I thought Jerry Judy was the best fit out of all three uh, for the Raiders system. Uh, but Ruggs is a fantastic receiver. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. He's the full package. He's not just a speed guy. 
He's not just a one-trick pony as a speed receiver. He can beat press. He's got the elite speed. He's, he's a great runner, a, a, a phenomenal route runner. He's got great hands. He's very athletic. I love Ruggs. Um, and he, he adds speed to an offense that doesn't really have a whole lot of firepower um, in terms of receivers. I think he's going to be great. I don't know if they're going to get the most out of him with Derek Carr as their quarterback. Because the last few years, he's been more of a dink and dunk kind of receiver. Hasn't been, they haven't t- taken a lot of shots down the field. Um, so I don't know if they're going to get the most out of Henry Ruggs with his speed. Um, but but he, he's a fantastic receiver. He was my number two receiver. Um, I had Lamb number one, Ruggs two, and Judy three. I, I love Ruggs. I think he's fantastic. Uh, number 13, uh, we had our first trade of the night. This is originally the San Francisco 49ers pick, uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded up one selection uh, from number 14 to number 13 uh, and selected Tristan Wirfs, tackle from Iowa. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Wirfs. Wirfs is not my favorite tackle, but he's the best tackle available, and the goal here is to protect Brady at all costs. You know, you you want to keep Tom around until he's like 45 so you have a good chance of winning Super Bowls. You know, you're bringing all these pieces around, you know, trying to make this, this Super Bowl uh, run. You bring in Rob Gronkowski. You've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin already. And now you bring in Tristan Wirfs to help protect Tom Brady. I, I, I like the pick. I'm just not a huge fan of Wirfs. Right. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Wirfs either. I think he's... I don't think he has the footwork, um, or I don't think his footwork's the best. I don't think his pass sets are that great. I don't think he has the technique to be a tackle. He's got the size and the athleticism. He just doesn't have the technique to be a tackle um, in, in the NFL. Maybe he could, if he improves, he could possibly play tackle, but I think he's made to be a guard. He's got incredible length. The size is there. He's athletic, very mobile. I think he would be a fantastic guard in the NFL. I just don't think he has the technique to be a tackle. But this, this was a great a great pick here. They needed to protect Tom Brady because they have a one- or two-year window here with Tom Brady as their quarterback. Their Super Bowl window is now. So they had to take somebody to protect Tom Brady to keep him, stand, to keep him standing upright. I think this is a great pick for the Buccaneers. Number 14, we have the San Francisco 49ers, obviously traded down. But with Tampa Bay, like we just mentioned, um, Javon Kinlaw was the pick here, defensive tackle from South Carolina. Uh, this pick, this is a good pick here. You know, they just got rid of DeForest Buckner. They traded him to the Colts for the 13th pick, which is, you know, they traded down one to 14. Um, and I think Kinlaw is super talented, but consistency has been his issue all through college. Um, you know, he at some sometimes he he shows just you know, absolute flashes of greatness, and then sometimes he'll, you know, get pushed over by by a, you know, center or a guard. You know, I think he's a great pass-rushing defensive tackle, and I think if he can work on being more consistent, he can be fantastic and be a great um, replacement for DeForest Buckner. So I think this was a good pick here in that, you know, you, you get a guy uh, who's similar to DeForest Buckner just on a rookie contract, a much cheaper contract, and so you keep – a very good defensive line together. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was a great pick. A lot of 49ers fans were upset with this pick, but this is a great pick. Like, I, I, It's such a good pick here, and this is why the 49ers are contenders. Uh, they are smart with managing their contracts. They traded the Forrest Buckner to the Colts for the 13th pick. They traded back one spot, 
got Ken Law, who has as much potential as Buckner. I mean, he has the potential to be even better than Buckner. He's like he's an elite pass rushing defensive tackle, and he's on a much cheaper contract. Like Buckner just got paid twenty one million dollars per year, so he is making bank in Indianapolis. And the Forty Niners, uh, they kept getting they got they kept their their strong the stronger part of their their team, which is their defensive line. They kept it strong. Uh, and they saved the money. I love this pick. I think Ken Law is a monster. He's my number two defensive tackle. I think he's a stud. Um, and this is a great value. Getting him at 14, he, he should have been a top 10 pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I agree with the top 10 pick. I like Ken Law a lot. I just think he's a little raw and he needs to develop a little more. Uh, but definitely good value there. Um, Denver Broncos at 15 selected Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama. I am shocked that Judy fell this far, and and CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma also fell a little bit later in the draft. In my opinion, Judy is the best wide receiver in this class, and Denver does need another wide receiver to pair with you know 2019 breakout star Cortland Sutton and to give Drew Locke some more help. So. I know Drew Locke is loving this pick because now he's going to have Cortland Sutton, who's, you know, a bigger receiver who can, you know, get 50-50 balls. And then he's going to have Jerry Judy, a fantastic route runner who's also got good speed to, um, you know, get yards after catch. And then he's also has one of the fastest tight ends in the league in Noah Font. So I'm sure Drew Locke is ecstatic about this pick, and I love this pick as well. Yeah, uh, Judy is one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft. I love Jerry Judy. Even though I have him as my number three-ranked receiver in the class, I still love him. I think he's a beast. He's the best route runner in the class. His speed is underrated. He's very good after the catch with the ball in his hands. Um, he's just a, a fantastic uh, receiver, and I think he's a good fit with the Broncos. The Bron- there was talk that the Broncos might trade up into the top ten to get Judy, but he falls to 15. They pair him up with Cortland Sutton. And this is a great weapon for Drew Locke. I love this pick. Yeah. Uh, at number 16, the Atlanta Falcons selected A.J. Terrell, cornerback from Clemson. Uh, I like this pick a lot. I know Falcons fans were not happy, uh, but I like this pick a lot. The reason Falcons fans are not happy is because most of them are just you know kind of casual football fans, so they're not watching – you know, Clemson, like normal Clemson games during the regular season. So they're not seeing A.J. Terrell dominate the the regular season. They're only seeing him in the national championship when, you know, uh, Jamar Chase is, you know, kind of bullying him a little bit. And Jamar Chase is is one of the best receivers in the past 10 years. So, and, and I think Chase would have been the number one receiver in this class. That tells you how good Chase is. So I, I I understand that people are not happy because Terrell got beat up a little bit by Jamar Chase in the national championship, but Terrell is a really good corner. And and a lot of times he was in position to make plays against Chase. It's just when you have, you know, the number one overall pick in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who's the one of the best receiving prospects in a while, you know, it it's it's gonna happen. You're going to have some completions made against you and he did have several and there were several yards that Jamar Chase got against him but Terrell is a very good corner and the Falcons need corner so badly Isaiah Oliver is their number one corner right now and you have to change that yeah uh I I love this pick I thought Terrell was the 
I would have gotten you toward Gross Matos here because uh, I, I loved Gross Matos coming into the draft, and we need a we need an edge rusher because we just declined the fifth year option on Tack McKinley, um, but we needed we needed the edge rusher going into this draft, and I think Gross Matos was the best edge rusher available, and he fits our our, our scheme perfectly. But so does AJ, AJ Terrell. He was my second choice um, as a Falcons fan. I love this pick. He's a great press man corner. He's got fluid hips. He's got the speed, the length. Um, I think he's got better technique than C.J. Henderson. Um, he did have a bad national, or not a, I wouldn't say a bad national championship game performance because I thought he played pretty well. He was in Chase's hip pocket all game. Uh, the first, the first deep ball that he gave up, it was an un- uncaught offensive pass interference. Jamar Chase, like blatantly pushed off, should have been P.I., uh, but it wasn't called. The second time he got beat, it was a perfect throw by Burrow, um, and then and then he got beat one more time, which I think was just Jamar Chase getting the better, getting just besting him on, on one play. Um, and, and Chase, like you said, is the best receiver in college football. Um, he would have been the, the number one receiver in this year's class. And so you're going to get beat by talented receivers no matter who you are. It's just going to happen. Uh, but I love Terrell. I think he's fantastic, and I like the fit. Number 17, the Dallas Cowboys selected C.D. Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma. I love C.D. Lamb. But I do not like the pick here for the Cowboys. I feel like they had more needs, like way more pressing needs than wide receiver. I mean, you have two of the better younger wide receivers in the league right now in Amari Cooper. Well, I guess Amari Cooper's not a younger receiver. I, I know he's you know, I probably, mean, he's, he's, he's like 25 or 26, something like that, 26. I think, and then, but you also have Michael Gallup, so you have two really good receivers. I felt like, you know, defensive line was something they needed to address here, and defensive back was definitely something they needed to address here, but, you know, I understand the talent. You're looking at the talent here, and I was very surprised that C.D. Lamb fell all the way to 17. Uh, You know, he's my number two receiver. I figured he would go, you know, somewhere in the 11 to 13 range, and then he fell all the way to 17. So, you know, good for the Cowboys being able to get a very talented receiver, but I I feel like there were way more pressing needs than receiver. I feel like receiver was one of their, you know, their bottom needs, like their least uh, pressing needs. Yeah, they needed to get a a corner, a press man corner to replace uh, Myron Jones. I think if Terrell fell to here, then he would have been a great pick, but he wasn't. And so I would have gone like Grant Delpit or Caleb Von Chason. I think those would have been fantastic picks here. The one with CeeDee Lamb, who is my number one receiver, I, I love him. And I think this this makes their offense really scary. Uh, but they have more pressing needs on their defense that I think they should have addressed. So I like the player. I don't love the pick. I think they have more pressing needs. Number 18, the Miami Dolphins uh, selected Austin Jackson, tackle from USC. I really like this pick. I know some people are not going to like this pick. Uh, you know, Jackson is, is really raw, but he's he shows flashes of what he can be. And I, I, I know that he didn't have a great season last year. Uh, you know, part of that was because he, he didn't really get to participate in spring training or not spring training, uh, just uh, spring ball because uh he was donating what did he do he donated bone marrow to his sister 
And so he was recovering from that and didn't get to practice uh, practice in spring ball. Um, so that kind of hindered him last year. But near the end of the season last year, he started kind of finding his footing and played a lot better down the stretch. So I think he can be uh, a really good tackle, and I think this is a good pick for a team who's rebuilding like Miami where he can you know, have time to develop and sit maybe for a little bit. Yeah, uh, Austin Jackson at 18 is a bit of a reach. I would have taken him earliest. I would have taken him as 26. Uh, I think he had a really rough year last year, partially because he gave up. He uh, donated bone marrow to his sister, so that hindered him. He couldn't even uh, squat with weight on his back until the fourth uh, week of the season. So obviously, he was not playing at full strength this year. Um, I think he got the size and the athleticism. Um, he's got all the physical tools to be a franchise tackle. Um, I just think he had a very rough year this year. Um, he's got a lot of upside. I think I, I think this is a reach for Jackson. I think Josh Jones was a better tackle, but I, but I like the upside of Jackson, and this gives him a really good tackle um, that they can work with, and that they that that he, and if he um, just gets better and develops, he could be a very, very good tackle for the Dolphins, who would need help on their on their offensive line, which gave up 54 sacks last year. So they had to address that, and they did here. Yeah, yeah I, I like the pick here. Addressed a big need. Hopefully he can get better soon so that Tua doesn't, you know, die. Right. <laughs> um, so number 19, we have the Las Vegas Raiders here selecting with their second selection of the first round. Damon Arnett, cornerback from Ohio State. I'm not a huge fan of this pick, to be quite honest. You know, cornerback is a huge need for the Raiders, so I'll give them props for taking one here, but I'm just not sure if they took the right one. I didn't feel like Arnett was the best corner available. I feel like there were, you know, maybe maybe three or four guys that are better than Arnett that you could have taken here. You know, you got guys like Jeff Gladney from TCU still on the board, Christian Fulton from LSU, Jalen Johnson from Utah, even, you know, even maybe Trayvon Diggs from Alabama might've been a better pick here. Um, but you know, the Raiders obviously liked him. He's, he's a younger guy. I think he's, I think he's only 20. I might be wrong in saying that, but I think he's only 20 years old. Um, yeah. but Arnett, he's, he's a little raw. He needs to develop, but I think he can he can be good. It's just a matter of will he be good. Yeah, this was definitely a reach. Uh, I was not going to be surprised if he went first round. I didn't expect him to go this early. But the Raiders were in a tough spot with A.J. Terrell off the board and C.J. Henderson. So they didn't have a whole lot of options. They could have took uh, Jeff Gladney here. That would have been a little bit of a reach, too, in my opinion. Um, so they were in a rough spot. I think it would have been interesting to see them go Jordan Love, uh, who I think would be fantastic, uh, sitting behind Derek Carr for a year or two, um, learning from a, a very good quarterback in Carr, and then just developing in Gruden's system. I think that would have been very interesting. But they need, they needed to get a corner. Uh, I, I don't love Arnett here. I would have liked maybe Jeff Gladney or Christian Fulton. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, this is a big reach in my opinion. I don't think it's an awful pick because I think Arnett is talented. Um, I just wouldn't have taken him this early. Yeah. And I misspoke earlier. I, I thought, I don't know why I thought that Arnett was like young, like in his twenties, but, or he is in his twenties, obviously, but 
that he was like close to 20. He's actually 23, so he is an older oh. guy. Yeah. Wow. He is he is an older guy. Um but anyway, so apologies for that. But at number 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars with their second selection selected Calevon Chason, uh outside linebacker from LSU. I like this pick a lot. Uh Jacksonville has so many needs that it honestly they honestly could have done anything here and I would have been happy with it as long as it was a, a good, you know, value pick. Uh Chason was probably the best player available and he can he's he's versatile. He can play three four outside linebacker and he could also potentially play four three defensive end. He needs to get a little stronger in my opinion to play four three defensive end. But he can do that. So I'm going to be interested to see like where they put him. I assume that he's going to play outside linebacker kind of like, or he's going to be, you know, in the same role as uh, Josh Allen was last year. Uh, But we'll see what happens. So I I like the pick here. I am a huge Caleb on chase on that. I love him. I think it's it's really rare to see an an edge rusher with with his uh, physical gifts. Like he's very fast. Um, He's very flexible. I mean, he's got elite bend, but the issue is he doesn't play with a, with a lot of power. So I don't know if he's going to be a great fit in a 4-3 scheme as a defensive end. I think he would be great as a 4-3 outside linebacker or a 3-4 outside linebacker. But as a straight-up 4-3 defensive end, I don't know if, he's, if he can succeed early on in that role. I think he can develop, and he showed some power moves later in the season in the playoffs, like against Oklahoma. Um I think it's it'll be very interesting to see where he fits at the next level. That's my only question about him. I think he's very talented. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see where he fits. Right. Um, at 21, the Philadelphia Eagles selected Jalen Rager, wide receiver from TCU. Uh, you know, they need receiver, but I don't love the pick here, especially with Justin Jefferson on the board. I think Jefferson is like – immensely better than Rager uh, from a talent perspective and and even from production standpoint. Uh, I understand, you know, the Eagles are looking for more of a speed guy, but Jefferson's not slow. He ran in the four fours. He actually ran a faster. I know 40 time doesn't necessarily translate to, to, you know, game speed, but he did run a fat Jefferson ran a faster 40 than Rager. Uh, so I just don't really understand how you pass up on Jefferson here, but you know, if this is Philly's guy, I get it. They need a receiver. They fill a need here. I just don't love Rager. Yeah. Um, I think Rager is a really good fit in Philly. I think he can fill in. He can be on the outside. He can be in the slot. Uh, I, I, I don't like the pick though, because Justin Jefferson is, exponentially better than Rager. I love Jefferson. Um, and him him falling to the Eagles is just, that's a the perfect situation for them. So I think they should have pulled their trigger on Jefferson. Um, but I still like the fit. I just think they had a much, a much better receiver in Jefferson who also fits their scheme perfectly. So I would have gone Jefferson. But they, they did get a receiver. They, they did get a weapon for Wentz. And he's a good fit. But like I said, they had Jefferson available, and I think they should have gone with him instead. Yeah, and speaking of Jefferson, here he goes at 22. Minnesota Vikings uh, selected him, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU here. Um, I was really surprised that he fell this far. I kind of thought he would go a little earlier. Uh, You know, this is going to be Stephon Diggs' replacement, kind of. 
He's, I don't think he's going to play outside receiver. He's likely going to play in the slot, which will be interested, interesting because that's mainly been where Thielen has been playing. You know, he's been playing in the slot, but Thielen can also play outside receiver. So I, I think this is, a, this is a good pick here because, you know, obviously they just lost Diggs and Jefferson is, you know, kind of similar and he's a good route runner. He's not, he's obviously not as good of a route runner as Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is one of the best route runners in the game. Um, but Jefferson is a very good receiver. He's got very good hands. Showed surprising speed at the combine. I love the pick. Great replacement for Diggs. I love Jefferson. I think he's a stud. He can play outside, inside. He's got very good speed. He's a very good route runner. He's got great hands. Um, he plays. He, he plays very physical. I um, mean, can make contested catches, get, make tough catches away from his body. There, there's nothing that this guy can't do. He's also great with the ball in his hands. So I think he's spectacular. He was a top four receiver in the class for me. Um, I think he would have fit in perfectly with the Vikings. And I think he's got the potential to be as good, if not better, than Diggs. I mean, he's that special to me. Uh, and this, this was a fantastic pick. I can't believe he fell to the Vikings at 22, honestly. Yeah. Um, so number 23, we have another trade here. Uh, originally the New England Patriots selection, but they traded this pick to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I believe New England's first pick in this draft ended up being in the second round. Um, and so the Los Angeles Chargers here traded up and selected Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma. Uh, the Chargers need help at linebacker, and they could have addressed that at number six, but they wanted to go quarterback. Where they could have taken Simmons at six, like you said earlier, uh, but they did get a really athletic linebacker uh, in Kenneth Murray. I like Murray. I know I like him a little bit more than you do, but I do think that the better pick would have been Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Queen is a better linebacker than Murray, uh, but Murray, uh, I've heard great things about his leadership qualities. He's been a four-year starter at Oklahoma. Uh, great player. He just doesn't have like the instincts and. I think he's a little bit faster than Queen, but he doesn't have the instincts and just that explosiveness that, that Queen does. Right. Um, I think the Chargers just screwed this draft up. Like the first round, they they they, they really screwed up. Um, I had neither of their first round picks I had in the first round. Um, so obviously Herbert I had is a major reach, and Kenneth Murray here I would have taken Patrick Queen. Um, I definitely would not have traded up for Kenneth Murray. He doesn't have the instincts that Patrick Queen has. And I get that his leadership is good. Like, that's great. But, like, Patrick Queen is much better than, than Murray is. Um, although Murray doesn't have the sideline-to-sideline side speed that that uh, Murray does, I think Queen is a much better linebacker. Um, he's better against the run. He's more instinctive. He's better in coverage. So he can basically do everything better than Murray. He's just not as, as explosive. Uh, but I think he's a much better linebacker. And so I would have gone with uh, Queen here. Honestly, I would have gone with Simmons at six and then traded up for a quarterback, um, which I think would have been much smarter than what they actually did. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't like this pick like, at all, really. Yeah, I understand. I, I like Murray a lot more than you do. I understand your you know problem with him where he, he doesn't have as good instincts as um, – as Queen, excuse me, Queen does. Um, I mean, I think but, he's good, but – and, like, I could see him going first round. But, like, I'm not trading up into the first round to take Murray over Queen. I'm just not. Like, yeah. I think that's just a stupid decision. I understand. 
All right, so at 24, the New Orleans Saints. This was an interesting pick here because they could have done a lot of things. They don't really have a lot of needs. I thought they could have taken a linebacker here. Patrick Queen's still available. But they selected Cesar Ruiz, uh, interior offensive lineman from Michigan. He's probably going to play guard, I would assume, just because Eric McCoy played so well last year as a rookie at center. Uh, so I assume he'll play guard. Um, I mean, this is this is a good pick here. I think Andres Pete is getting a little older, who's been uh, one of their starting go- uh, guards for a long time. And who was their other guard? It was Larry Warford, right? I believe was their other guard. And I think he just he, – he's like in his 30s. So Ruiz will probably start year one. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Something happened with Larry Warford. I'm pretty sure he like got cut or something. No, he didn't get cut. I'm trying to remember what I read. But, yeah, I, I I think maybe they were trying to shop him or something. Yeah. There, there was some talk about Larry Warford. War, I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce his name very well. Warford uh, leaving the Saints. Uh, so right. Cesar Ruiz would obviously be a great replacement for him. Ruiz is a very good interior offensive lineman, um, and the Saints didn't need you know have many needs. So I really like the pick here, getting – one of the best players available. Yeah, I like the to pick too. Uh, they didn't have a lot of needs, and for that reason, I would have, I would have taken uh, Jordan Love, uh, quarterback out of Utah State, here to be the heir, uh, the heir apparent to Drew Brees. Uh, but they went with Cesar Ruiz. They also signed Jameis Winston uh, yesterday, today. Yesterday, I believe. Yesterday, they signed him. Um, and they also drafted. Group. They also drafted another quarterback later in the draft. They selected Tommy Stevens from Mississippi State, who many have compared to Taysom Hill, where he's, yeah. you know, which I don't necessarily understand just because, you know, Tommy Stevens didn't, you know, play a bunch of different positions at Mississippi right. State or at Penn State where he was before he transferred to Mississippi State. He's just, you know, a tall, athletic white guy like Taysom Hill. So I guess that's the only similarity there. Uh, so I don't really understand that comparison, but I I heard some people because the Saints traded up into the sixth round to take Tommy Stevens. Yeah. Um. And I think I think it was Bleacher Report that was reporting this, uh, saying that they had saw that Stevens was prepared was ready to sign an uh free agent undrafted free agent contract with the Panthers, and so they traded up and selected him. So now they have a backup for Drew Brees and Jameis Winston and a backup for Taysom Hill and right. Tommy Stevens. So yeah. they did take a quarterback later, and now they're going to have four quarterbacks on their roster. So I think taking Jordan Love would have been interesting, but I think they they underst- like they like kind of knew that they were going to try to get Jameis Winston. So right. Yeah. Uh, but even I mean, I, I still I didn't like I didn't know that, so I still would have just gone with Jordan Love. Right, right. But um, and Winston is also I still think he has major issues that have not been cleaned up. Um, and I don't know if they ever will. Like his decision making. Um, and Tommy Stevens, like he's never gonna like. What's Stevens gonna do? Like he's like in just another taste well, in hill. Well, yeah, Right. But, uh, but like, but I don't even know if James he can do Winston, that. Like, he, he's, huh? Go but ahead. with Jameis Winston, I mean, you're saying he has issues. Jordan Love also has. Yeah, but he's also not been young. in the league for like. Winston's been in the five league years. for how long? Like five, five years? years. 
Yeah, it's it's not going to happen for him. Like, it's too late now. Is it? Yeah. We'll like, see. I'm ready to he's see. He's been in the league five years, and he's been with Bruce Arians the last year. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I mean. I'm ready to see what this LASIK eye surgery is going to change. Like. I'm, I'm just saying, Jameis for MVP next year. But, it could uh, happen. Drew it could Bruce happen. He, get could, he could have a Jameis is going to step in. And that LASIK eye surgery is going to make him realize that there are two te- teams on the field. He like, thought that they were just in practice, and it, it was all of his guys. He's never known that there's been two teams. Apparently, he couldn't even read life. license plates or road signs before the how surgery. Did he drive? I know. Like, what? Uh, how? How are you driving? But yeah, but like, he's been in the league five years. If it hasn't. If his decision making has not been cleaned up now, it's probably never going to happen. And it may. He may have a major turnaround in New Orleans, sitting behind Drew Brees and learning in that system. But I think it's unlikely. Like, he's 25 years old. He's been in the league five years. Like, if it hasn't changed now, it's probably never going to happen for him. That's crazy. He's been in the league five years, and he's only two years older than Joe Burrow. Yeah. So, but yeah, going back to Cesar Ruiz, um, I don't love the pick or the player. I think it's a, I think it's a good pick. Um, and Ruiz, I mean, I like Ruiz. Um, I think he's a very good, versatile uh, interior offensive lineman. He can play guard or center. He's powerful. He's very athletic. Um, so I think he's a good fit. He can start right away at guard. Um, but like they didn't have a whole lot of needs, so like any pick they made here was going to be good. I think Patrick Queen would have been a good selection to replace Demario Davis, who is getting up there in age. Uh, but but this is a solid pick. Yeah, uh, at twenty five, we had another trade. This is originally Minnesota Vikings' second pick, uh, but the San Francisco Forty Niners uh, traded up from thirty one. Uh, to get this pick, and they selected Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State. I like this pick. They needed a replacement for Emmanuel Sanders. Ayuk will do very nicely. I think Ayuk has a massive catch radius. He had like ridiculously a ridiculous wingspan for uh, like I think he's only five foot eleven, and he had I think he had a long a bigger wing wingspan than Colin Johnson, who is six foot six, and Ayuk is only five foot eleven. Yeah. So this dude has some long arms. Um, he's got good hands. He's a good route runner. I like Ayuk a lot. Um, I think he's a lot better than his teammate from last year who went in the first round, uh, Nikhil Harry, last year. Um, and I, I like Ayuk. I think he's a good replacement for Emmanuel Sanders. I think maybe Mims would have been the better pick here, Denzel Mims from Baylor. Uh, but Ayuk is their guy, so I get that. I like the pick. Yeah, I love the pick. Brandon Ayuk is a good route runner. Um, he's explosive. He he's just a big play waiting to happen. He's great with the ball in his hands. Um, he wasn't in my top five receivers or even my top six, but I do like Brandon Ayuk. He he gives the 49ers some more explosiveness, which they need to contend with Kansas City. And I love uh, this replacement for Sanders. I think this makes their offense really really dangerous, more dangerous than it already was. All right, so this is probably the most interesting pick of the night. At 26, we have another trade. The Green Bay Packers traded up from 30 with the Miami Dolphins and selected Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State. 
as a Packers fan, I was so conflicted when this happened because I feel like we should be in win now mode just because we went 13 and three last year. We made it all the way to the NFC championship and lost, you know, we're one game away from the Super Bowl. I feel like we should be in win now mode and grab a receiver. I think we could grab like Denzel Mims here, you know, maybe even uh, what's the guy's name from USC, Michael Pittman uh, from USC who ended up going in the second round. I think there were, there were some guys that would have fit nicely and, could have given Aaron Rodgers some help, but instead we got somebody to compete against Aaron Rodgers instead of getting him the help he needs. And there's been so many reports that have come out after the draft, and I don't know how true any of them are, but a lot of them are saying that the Packers made this pick so that they could basically show Aaron Rodgers who's boss. They're basically, you know, this new regime with uh, Brian, I don't know how to say his last name, it's like Gutenkunst or something like that, and Matt LaFleur. Are trying to you know like show Aaron Rodgers that this is not his team anymore that this is you know now their organization and basically showing him his boss so I'm afraid of what's going to happen I'm afraid that Aaron Rodgers is you know doesn't have much time left in Green Bay I mean he only has four years on his contract anyways but I'm afraid that it's going to be a bit less than that potentially you know demanding for a trade I'm not sure what's going to happen I'm a little scared but. As far as this pick goes, I don't hate this pick. After after I, you know, slept on it, thought about it, I don't hate this pick. Jordan Love, this is probably the best situation as far as a team that he could go to uh, that he could have hoped for. I, I'm sure that the situation he's in right now is not ideal for him, where basically the entire uh, state of Wisconsin is is not liking him right now. And it seems like he's being rooted against by all of the fans uh, going into his rookie year. So I'm sure it's not ideal for him at all. And especially trying to replace, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and Aaron Rodgers eventually is not going to be easy. But hopefully Aaron Rodgers is going to be, you know, good about this, I, I hope. And he's going to mentor love, you know. Aaron Rodgers was in a very similar situation when he was a rookie where he had to sit behind Brett Favre for a few years, who was, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time as well. Uh, And he had to, you know, figure out how to handle a situation of sitting behind, you know, a great quarterback while all of Green Bay is not very happy about the, the pick, about him being drafted to their city. So I'm hoping that Aaron Rodgers can mentor Jordan Love. Uh, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. But as far as the pick goes, you know, obviously Jordan Love is not ready to start by any means, but if he can sit behind Aaron Rodgers and just learn for even like two years, that'd be great. I think he needs three, to be quite honest. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years and turned out to be great. I think Jordan Love could do the same thing. Uh, But, you know, it's obviously not common anymore for first-round quarterbacks to sit for even two years. A lot of times they just get thrown into the fire because, you know, hey, it's a first-round pick. We need him to produce now. But Jordan Love's not ready to do that. If he can sit behind Aaron Rodgers, get a lot better, I think he can, you know, become a phenomenal quarterback. Yeah, I don't hate the pick. I hate what the Packers are doing. Like, this whole draft for them was a disaster. I don't know what they're doing. Like, they're in win-now mode. They were one win away from the Super Bowl, which, I mean, I will admit it's not that impressive. They were in a weak division. They only had – they only had to win one game to make it to the NFC Championship game. They had to beat the Seahawks, who were not like they—they they were a good team, but they had a lot of injuries going into that game. Um, so it wasn't anything to boast about. 
Um, and then they just got slaughtered by the 49ers. So they had a lot of improving to do. And I kind of understand what they did um, in their entire draft. And I like this pick. Like, Jordan Love's very talented. Um, everyone's trying to find that next Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think Jordan Love is that talented. I don't think he ever will be as good as Mahomes. Um, or I don't think he'll even be close to that. But he's got that playmaking ability that Mahomes has. He's got a lot of issues. He needs to sit for at least two years, in my opinion. And if he does that and he develops, he can be a very good quarterback. And I would not be surprised to see, to, like, if in a few years we're talking about Jordan Love being the best quarterback in this entire draft. I really wouldn't. Um, and, and this is the best system for him. I, I mean, I like Jordan Love, and I'm so happy for him that he went into a system like this where he can sit behind a quarterback like Rodgers, um, assuming Rodgers is there for at least two years. Um, uh, hopefully he doesn't demand a trade, or hopefully they don't just get rid of him sooner than later. Um, but I think this is a good, a good system for him to be in. This is a great fit for him. I like this situation. Um, an interesting pick for a team in win-now mode. Um, but I like it. I, I, I would have liked this pick better if they would have made better decisions later in the draft, but they did not. Um, I still am I, – I, I, this is a solid pick. It just doesn't make sense with the rest of their decisions throughout the draft. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, at 27, the Seattle Seahawks selected Jordan Brooks, linebacker from Texas Tech. Oh, man. This might have been the worst pick in the draft. In my opinion, this is probably the worst pick. Not not in the draft, sorry. Not in the draft. The worst pick in the first round, in my opinion. I know you're probably thinking Justin Herbert is the worst pick in the first round, but I think Brooks was the worst pick in the first round, especially with having Patrick Queen available. Like, linebacker is not – Seattle's most pressing need by by any means, and if they're if even if they're gonna go after a linebacker, take Patrick Queen, who is the best linebacker in this class in my opinion. Um, I mean, they could have gone after a pass rusher here because they haven't re-signed Jadavian Clowney, and you know they also need offensive line. They need many more things than linebacker here because they they have Bobby Wagner, they have KJ Wright. I think I think they still have KJ Wright. I'm actually not sure about that, um, but still, linebacker was not as pressing of a need, and I don't think that um, Jordan Brooks was the best linebacker available at all. Yeah, uh, I don't like the pick. I think I think obviously taking Yator Grosmatos would have been would have been the best selection here because they don't know if they're going to get Jadavion Clowney back. Um, he's a free agent. They're trying to bring him back. I don't know if they're going to have him next year. So getting an edge rusher who fits their system would have been smart. And Gross Matos was the best player available, in my opinion. They also could have gone Patrick Queen if they're going to get an inside linebacker. I think also getting uh, Josh Jones to protect Russell Wilson would have been a smart investment. Anybody but Brooks would have been the best pick here. Uh, but, I mean, Brooks is a good player. I just I didn't have a first-round grade on him. Um, and I think this was a reach. He's a solid player. I I don't think he's the worst pick of the first round. I think Herbert was the worst pick of the first round. Um, and this is the interesting pick. I don't hate the player. I think uh, there were there were better selections here besides Brooks, like Queen or Gross Matos. Um, but yeah, this is a this is the interesting pick. Okay, I actually take that back. Brooks is not the worst pick of the first round. There's another one later in the draft that I forgot about. I honestly forgot about it. Um, 
But yeah, uh, KJ Wright is still on the Seahawks, by the way. I don't know why. I couldn't remember if he was or not. But Brooks is super athletic, and I don't hate him. But, you know, I didn't feel like it was their most pressing need whatsoever. And it's just so weird with the Seahawks because I feel like for the past three years, they've taken guys that have surprised everybody. Everybody's like, oh, I feel like that was a little bit of a, a big reach here. And then they don't pan out. Like three years or two years ago, they took Rashad Penny from San Diego State, the running back, at, in the first round. And that was very surprising because he, I mean, he hasn't been their starter. Chris Carson's been their starter. It's just been very surprising. Uh, that was very surprising that year, and it, it's looking like he's going to be a bust. I mean, he's he's been solid as like a complimentary back to Chris Carson, but he hasn't been good by any means. Uh, and then the next year, that last year, they took LJ Collier from uh, TCU, the defensive end, who has not panned out yet. So I don't, and that was an interesting choice at the time. It, it didn't seem like he should have been a first rounder. And now they take Jordan Brooks. So I'll be interested to see how those three picks work out because this has been a questionable three years in a row for the Seahawks in the first round. Yeah. Uh, At 28, okay, here we have what I think is the steal of the draft. Baltimore Ravens selected Patrick Queen, linebacker from LSU, at 28. This is awesome for Baltimore. Baltimore had a great draft, by the way. Oh, yeah. The the best team – the one of the be- not the best team last year, but you know one of the best teams in the AFC just got a lot better. Yeah. Um, Patrick Queen is going to fill a huge need for them. They just lost Patrick Ansua War uh, to the Jets, and they lost C.J. Mosley the year before, and they really haven't been the same at linebacker ever since they lost C.J. Mosley. Um, so Patrick Queen, phenomenal selection here. He's got great instinct. He's a very athletic linebacker, explosive. Um, I mean. He's the he's the best linebacker in the draft past Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, I totally agree. I can't believe it fell this far. Um, this was an easy selection for the Ravens. He's got great instincts. He's great in coverage. He's got good sideline to sideline speed. Um, I mean, I think he's got better instincts than Devin White did coming out of college. Uh, I don't think that's even a, like a conversation. Like Devin White did not have great instincts coming out of college. I I love Patrick Queen. I thought he was a top twenty talent. And honestly, I would not have been surprised to see the Falcons take him if uh, a lot of their targets were off the board. Because um, we had a huge need at linebacker with Devontae Campbell leaving. Um, we just had a whole lot of needs on our, like everywhere on defense. Um, but I love Patrick Queen. I think he is a fantastic player. Um, he replaces C.J. Mosley, who they lost two years ago. This is a great pick by them. Yeah. All right, so this is actually, in my opinion, the worst pick of the draft. The next, not not Patrick Queen, but this next pick that we're about to announce. This, in my opinion, was actually the worst pick of the draft. At number 29, the Tennessee Titans selected Isaiah Wilson, tackle from Georgia. Now Andrew Thomas already went another tackle from Georgia uh, at number four, and now their right tackle Isaiah Wilson goes at 29. The Titans definitely needed a tackle to replace Jack Conklin. Uh, Get one that can start immediately. I mean, Wilson's big and he's strong. Uh, he's just not polished. He's he's not good enough to start immediately. There were so many better options here, in my opinion. You had Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. You had Josh Jones from Houston. Even like, I'm not gonna lie. Even like Prince Tagawanogo from Auburn, who went in like the seventh round, might have been a better pick here than Isaiah Wilson. Um, so. 
I, I really do not like this pick at all. I don't hate the pick. Like he's a huge guy. He's a mauler, um, which is what the Titans are looking for. I think Josh Jones is a better tackle. Um, I don't think Prince Tago Wogo. I, I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah. Uh, but the tackle from Auburn, I don't think he, he would have been a better pick because he got some injury concerns. Um, Wilson, not a. I don't think he was the best tackle available. But they gave up 56 sacks last year, which is unacceptable. You got to clean that up. And you needed to go tackle here with Jack Conklin leaving. I like this pick. Um, Isaiah, I, I don't, I don't like the pick. I mean, I'm okay with it, addressing a need. But I think Josh Jones would have would have been the better pick here. All right, number 30, the Miami Dolphins earlier in the draft traded down from 26 to 30. Um, they selected Noah Igbenogane, cornerback from Auburn. I hope I said that right. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Um, I don't love this pick. I know you have you feel differently about this pick than I do. Uh, but, you know, when you have the two highest paid corners in the NFL on your roster, you wouldn't think that corner is really a need. And I felt like it wasn't the biggest need by far. I feel like they could have gone safety here. They even could have gone another offensive lineman. That's how bad their offensive line is. They could have gone with another offensive lineman. They could have gone running back. Well, running back's not a huge need because they have Jordan Howard, so it's not huge. Uh, but they could have gone in a lot of different directions here, but they decided to go corner. Uh, you know, Igbenogane is going to play in the slot. I think that'll be good. They'll, they'll have three really good corners there with Byron Jones, who they just paid a lot of money. Uh, Xavier Howard, who they paid a lot of money to uh, two years ago or last year. Um, but I don't know. I felt like there were better available players here, even like Jeff Gladney or uh, Christian Fulton or some other guys could have been better, a better selection here um yeah this is a surprising pick to me um i i would have gone safety here like i would have gone grant delpit or ashton davis i think they both would have been amazing fits in miami uh, but they, they they decided to go corner and Noah monogamy is going to be a slot corner for them um i i think they could maybe he could play safety i'm pretty sure that's why they took him i think they think he could possibly play safety um but yeah, Noah that's kind of what a, I was thinking yeah, as well. Noah's because when solid, they announced the pick, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, when they announced the pick, they did. I, I I don't know, you know, how much weight this carries, but most of the time when they're announcing a corner, they'll say, you know, Jeff Okuda, corner, cornerback, Ohio State. But with Noah, they said Noah Igbenogane, defensive back, Auburn. So that right. made me think that maybe they're thinking about putting him at safety, or just yeah. moving him around. And he's got a lot of upside because he. This is like I think this, this was his second year playing corner because he used to be a receiver, so he's like barely dipped his toes into into this position. So he's got a lot of growing to do. Um, I think honestly, I think safety would have been a much better pick here. Um, I don't dislike Igbenogany. Igbenogany, um, he can be a slot corner and he can be a very good slot corner at that. Um, they're gonna have a very good pass defense, and in a few years, um. This is a, a slight reach. I don't love the pick, but I think it's a very interesting one, and I think it really helps out their pass defense. All right, number 31, uh, the Minnesota Vikings here. Originally, it's San Francisco 49ers pick, but the Vikings had traded down earlier, um, and they selected Jeff Gladney, cornerback from TCU. 
Great pick here. I love this pick because Minnesota needs corners so bad. They just lost Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes in the offseason. So I think their best corner right now is like Holton Hill, who I'm honestly not even sure if he's still on their team. Uh, let me look that up right now. He he might not. He is. Okay, he is still on their team, and he's probably their best corner right now, and he's like an undrafted free agent from two years ago. Uh, so – I, I love this pick here. They had to get better. They had to get a corner in this draft. They had to address that at some point, and the first round was probably the best place to do it because you need to get a starter. Um, you know, uh, Gladney's a little bit undersized, but that's not a big deal. I think he's five foot ten. It's not like ridiculously undersized. He's not like five eight or anything. Um, sorry to all my short kings, but you're not going to be good at corner in the NFL. <laughs> um, but I like this pick a lot. Gladney's a really good corner. He's going to help them out tremendously. I love Gladney, and this was the perfect fit for him. Um, and Minnesota getting him at 31, a great selection. I love Gladney. He's a very good man-to-man corner. Um, he can sit and press. He, he's good in zone as well. I mean, he's very physical. doesn't have like insane speed, um, but he's very physical, and he can help out and run support. He's just a very tough corner, and he's very confident. I like that about him. I think he's going to be great in Minnesota. I love the pick. And they had to get a replacement for Xavier Rhodes. I think they got a good one in Gladney. All right, number 32, the final pick of the draft, uh, or the first round, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe one of my favorite selections of the night. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back from LSU. I love this pick for the Chiefs. I think there are definitely more pressing needs, but I don't really care. Uh, Edwards Hilaire is a fantastic running back at where he's, he's a three down back. I mean, he's going to be able to, you know, be every down back where he's going to be able to catch, catch the ball out of the backfield. And also, he's also a really good runner. I mean, it's not like he's just a receiving back. Uh, so this is going to be fantastic for Patrick Mahomes. He, I'm sure he's loving this because now he's got a really good running back and a really good receiver all in one. So this is the, they aced this pick. I love this. I was afraid this was going to happen. And I feel bad for AFC teams uh, that are trying that have worked so hard this offseason making smart decisions and bolstering their rosters and just improving their teams to try to compete with the chiefs. And the chiefs just made their offense unstoppable. And with this pick, I love Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. He was he was the best running back in the class. He's a great running back. He's got great vision, incredible agility, and incredible quickness. His ability to stop on a dime, make defenders miss is amazing. He's also the best route runner out of all the running backs in this class. The best receiving back. I love him. He's a perfect fit for the Chiefs offense. He's going to make them so much more explosive. And... I mean, the Chiefs are gonna win. They're gonna win back-to-back Super Bowls. Like it's uh, it's inevitable after this pick. Like, I, th- I think this makes their offense unstoppable. And and I I mean I would bet a lot of money that they're gonna win the Super Bowl this year with this after this selection. I just this gives Mahomes just and uh, another option that he just did not need. And so it's gonna be so hard for teams to stop Tyreek Hill. Uh, uh, Kelsey, um, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and then uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's going to be so hard to stop him. He's, he's going to be like a 
he's, he's gonna bail out Mahomes so so many times this year. It's gonna be insane. And, and Mahomes does not even need to be bailed out, but Clyde Edwards-Helaire gives him that another option that he didn't even need. This is crazy. I can't I, I can't believe we let this happen. This is such a good pick. I love this pick. Even though they have they have bigger needs on defense, just make your strength even stronger. And that's what the Chiefs did. Yeah. All right, so that does it for the first round. Now, do we want to go ahead and get into every team's pick, or do we just want to highlight some? Uh, highlight some. Yeah. Let, let, let's do our, like, like our favorite drafts and then maybe some drafts we didn't like as much. Okay. So my favorite draft by far was the Baltimore Ravens draft. Oh, they killed it. I mean, they did really good with what they had, like staying where they were and not having to trade up to get talent. Like Patrick Queen at 28 is tremendous value there. Then they go in the second round and get J.K. Dobbins, who Mark Ingram is in his 30s now. So and I don't think he has that much longer on his contract. I think maybe he has like a year or two left on the contract. So I assume they're planning on, you know, not re-signing him and letting Dobbins just be the workhorse. And that just makes them even more explosive as a running team because they already have Lamar Jackson, who's the best running quarterback and dual threat quarterback in the league right now. Uh, and now you add JK Dobbins, who's a true workhorse back. I love that pick. And then you also get uh, Justin Matabueke, uh, defensive tackle from Texas A&M, tremendous value there in the third round. You get Devin DuVernay, a wide receiver from Texas in the third round, who's also a really good wide receiver that can help out Lamar Jackson a lot because they definitely needed help uh, at wide receiver because uh, they lost – no, they didn't lose anybody, but they didn't – they just didn't have anybody good last year besides like – uh, Marquise Brown was a solid option, and outside of their tight ends, they didn't really have wide receivers that could do a lot for Lamar Jackson. Uh, and then, you know, they had four third-round picks. It's crazy. Uh, they also selected Malik Harrison, linebacker from Ohio State in the third round, who was my fifth-best linebacker in this class. So I love that pick there. They also got uh, Tyree Phillips, guard from Mississippi State, who is actually from Last Chance U, right? Who? Uh, his name's Tyree Phillips. He's a guard from Mississippi State. I'm pretty sure he transferred from uh, what? What is it? Is it East Mississippi? What, what's the yeah, last? Yeah, I don't. Year? I have no idea. But yeah, it is uh, East Mississippi. Or that that used to be it. Now it's uh, this college in Kansas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's he. But he's from. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's from East Mississippi Community College. Uh, then they selected Ben Bredesen, guard from Michigan, in the fourth round, who's also a really good guard. Maybe. Uh, yeah, fourth round is, is around where he should go. So a good value pick there. And then uh, let's see some steals they got in the later round. I don't really know a lot about Broderick Washington, who's a defensive tackle from Texas Tech. But they got James Prochet, wide receiver from SMU in the sixth round, who Daniel Jeremiah has said that he thinks that Prochet might have the best hands out of this entire draft. So yeah. good pick there. And then also getting Geno Stone, safety from Iowa in the seventh round. Tremendous value there. So I thought – the Ravens hit on almost every single pick. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. I thought they had the best draft, and they had the best draft like easily. Um, I thought they did a fantastic job. Now, one team I thought did very, very well was the New York Jets. I love their draft. Uh, they hit with pick uh, eleven. They got Louisville tackle Makai Becton. I love him. He was my number two tackle in the class. He, they were lucky that he fell to them. Makai Becton was a is a a very good tackle with tremendous upside. 
Then in the second round, they got Baylor receiver Denzel Mims, who I would have took in the first round. Um, he, he's got elite size, speed, and physicality. I love him. He's a beast. He's going to be a great weapon for Sam Darnold. Then in the third round, they got California safety Ashton Davis, who's going to start. He's very versatile. He's got fluid hips, and he's got track speed. I love him. Um, then they got Florida defensive end Jabari Zuniga, and then Florida running back LaMichael Piron. They followed that up with Florida international quarterback James Morgan. Then they got Cameron Clark, a tackle out of UNC Charlotte. Then they got one of the biggest steals of the draft in Virginia corner, Bryce Hall, in the fifth round. He fell due to injury, um, but he's got the talent of a top. He's got the talent to be picked in the first or second round. He's that good. Then they finished the draft off with Texas A&M punter Braden Mann. Don't really care about that. But their first three picks, I thought were first round quality players. Like I would not. I think I, I would have been okay with all three of those guys being drafted in the first round. And they got. I mean, they got first round quality players, in my opinion, in the first, second, and third round. That is insane to me. I think they nailed this draft. And then they got solid players um, in Javari Zuniga and Michael Piron. And then they got a, a very good backup uh, for uh, Sam Darnold and James Morgan. Then Cameron Clark could possibly start because their offensive line sucks. So they did a lot. And then Bryce Hall. If his health does not hold him back, he's going to be a very good addition to their defense. I love what the Jets did. They just got value. Um, all across the board. Bro, they potentially got like seven starters. Becton's going to start. I think Mims is going to start. Davis will probably start at free safety. Zaniga could start. Uh, Cameron Clark could start. Bryce Hall, if he gets healthy again, could start. And Braden Mann, obviously, if you're taking a punter in the sixth round, he's going to start. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I love that crazy. draft. All right. So I'm going to get into my least favorite draft and this this hurts this hurts me so deeply because you know my worst the worst draft comes from my favorite team and that is the green bay packers in round one they selected jordan love didn't hate that pick you know i thought okay maybe later in the draft this is a really deep wide receiver class we can pick up some wide receivers we're gonna be okay you know this is obviously preparing for the future and if he can sit behind Rodgers, I'll be cool with this. But in the, then in the second round, we decide to draft A.J. Dillon, running back from Boston College. I don't think A.J. Dillon is bad, but he's not worth a second-round pick. Especially, like, I could see if we needed running back and, like, he was going to be a starter. But as it stands right now, assuming that we don't cut either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, which I assume we're not going to cut Aaron Jones, um... But as it stands right now, A.J. Dillon's our third-string running back. Um, so I don't understand the pick there. Then in the third round, we pick up Josiah uh, DeGuerra, tight end from Cincinnati. Versatile player, but the value is not there. Like, he was a projected, you know, somewhere between the fifth and seventh round. Um, so he was a projected late-round guy. And he ended up getting taken in the third round. Versatile tight end, though. He did he played in the backfield, some fullback, and uh, obviously played tight end and played a little bit of slot, like played in the slot at Cincinnati. But just the value is not there for that pick. And then we take a bunch of guys that I didn't really know, but 
the theme remains the same where we're not taking a receiver. We didn't take a receiver through the entire draft. We took three offensive linemen, which I don't really understand because the offensive line is not awful right now. But I guess I get it if you're trying to to compete with San Francisco and they have just a scary defensive line, so you want to build up depth on that offensive line and maybe develop some guys that can end up being really good. I guess that's the thought there. Uh, they also addressed a need at linebacker in the fifth round, taking Kamal Martin from Minnesota, which inside linebacker is a big need here. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't feel like the value was was good for anybody. Yeah. Y'all's draft sucked. Like, let, let's just be blunt. Um, I thought y'all had the worst draft. Y'all had the worst draft, like, uh, easily in my opinion. And I, I can kind of see maybe what y'all were like, what y'all were going for, or what y'all's plan was. Uh, obviously, you're, you're just getting a talented quarterback in the first round um, to replace Rodgers, who's aging. And then, but then in the second round, you get AJ Dillon, who I, I maybe you're trying to just like try to run with more power next year. Like maybe you're trying to implement some power zone schemes, trying to play like the Titans. But like AJ Dillon's not a second rounder to me. I don't like the value there. But then you take a tight end who, who might end up being your fullback in the third round. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. You didn't get a receiver. You could have, you could have traded up for Denzel Mims in the second round, but you didn't get a receiver at all in this draft. And you didn't even get anybody to help stop the run. So what are y'all doing? Like, San Francisco just murdered y'all in the playoffs last year. Like, it was not even close. Like, they they slaughtered the Packers. And so what do they do? They just do not get any better. Like. The 49ers have gotten better in the offseason. Trading for Trent Williams, getting Kinlaw, then getting Brandon Ayuk. So they're getting better, and they're getting, like, all these options are cheap. So what do you, and then the Packers are just not getting any better. They're not getting any weapons for Aaron Rodgers. They're not improving their run defense. So what are y'all doing? It doesn't make sense. I I don't understand what y'all are doing. Like, y'all honestly may have gotten worse after the draft, somehow. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. But, well, like, we, uh, hey, actually, we might have gotten worse after the draft because all this draft did was make Aaron Rodgers want to leave. So, yes, we might have just what, gotten what if worse. He, like, what, like, what if he demands a trade? And like, uh, Yeah, then I'm jumping on the fire Brian Gutekunst. <laughs> train immediately i'm i'm jumping on the fire uh goot train immediately i'm I'm not on it yet because i love what our gm did um in the last offseason where he's uh where he picked up zadarius smith preston smith and adrian amos which were huge pieces of our defense last year that helped us you know really get a lot better so i love what he did there but like, come on. This draft, if, if this draft ends up making Aaron Rodgers mad to the point where he decides to leave and then Jordan Love doesn't work out, yeah, you're done. Get out. Jordan Love might have to start, like, like, year soon, like a lot sooner than you Jordan think. Love's going to have to start week one because no, Aaron like, Rodgers is sitting out. Like, okay, so the Jordan Love pick, I'm okay with. Um, I, And I'm really fine with it if you address, like, Defensive tackle, 
or or maybe you get a run a run stopping linebacker later in the draft. But if you get a, a wide receiver, like trade up for Denzel Mims in the second round. Mims is a first round talent. Like grow a pair and trade up for him. Give Aaron Rodgers a second weapon besides Devontae Adams. Like y- y'all y'all should have got a receiver. And if you're gonna go with a tight end, why not go for like Adam Troutman, who I had as my number one tight end. And he's a very very talented. A t- a receiving tight end who can also block and he's a great run blocker. So I don't I don't know why you went with this guy from Cincinnati in the third round. Well, like, here, if you think about it logically, like I'm sure the Packers were, this is the logical oh, yeah. way that they were thinking about it. Travis Kelsey is from Cincinnati and he played tight end. So theoretically, you're drafting Travis Kelsey here. That's that's obviously the logical way that the Packers were thinking about this pick. I don't, like <laughs> every one of your picks past round like past round one just didn't really make sense at all and they were terrible value like <laughs> I just don't understand what y'all were doing. We're trying to make Aaron Rodgers mad so he leaves. Aaron Rodgers was like probably just like punched his TV. But yeah, I think y'all y'all had the worst draft, like no no competition, and not a lot of teams had bad drafts. Like I think the Packers are the only one who had a really bad draft. Like everyone I think there else were other teams that didn't have great drafts. Like like who? I, well, I guess the Patriots, but the Patriots know what they Well, like and they and they got Kyle Duggar and Joshua Uchey. Like I don't love Philly's draft. I I don't love the Jalen Rager pick. I don't actually hate the Jalen Hurts pick, but after that they didn't really do a lot that they didn't do a lot of good things. Except I, I kinda like the Prince Tego Winogo pick uh in the sixth round. Yeah. But like I didn't love Philly's draft. I mean there were some other drafts that I didn't love, but yeah, I agree with you that the Packers did have a, a terrible draft. Oh I, I you know, I also okay. didn't love Chicago's draft. I didn't think about that. I didn't love yeah. Chicago's draft. They had some good values. They got, got, got Jalen Johnson in the second in the second and they, round. And they got uh, who did they get? They got a corner, right? Um, yeah, Jalen Johnson. The, no, 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 no. Late in the round, later. Uh, they got that dude from Georgia Southern in the fifth round, Kendall uh, Vildor. And there's somebody else, I, I think. Nah, they didn't get another corner. Okay, then who am I thinking of? But they did. I didn't like. I didn't love the Cole Komet pick. In the second round, I, I oh, like Komet. Oh, it was Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is who I was thinking of, two-lane receiver. He's okay. good. Yeah, uh, but they I don't love the Cole Komet pick, especially considering that they just paid Jimmy Graham a whole bunch of money, yeah. and they have a bunch of tight ends on their roster. So I don't know. I don't know if, what Matt Nagy's thinking. Maybe he's thinking like he's going to go with Baltimore's system, but just on steroids. He's going to have like 11 tight ends on the field. <laughs> Yeah. And just like run Baltimore on steroids. Right. So I don't know. There's two drafts I want to talk about. One, the Panthers. And overall, the NFC South had a great draft. Like everyone just killed it, in my opinion. Um, I think everyone improved in that division. Uh, the Panthers got Derek Brown in the first with the top five game. talent. Yep. Yeah. Then they got uh, Yator Gross Matos in the second round. Which First is a time. very good yeah. value. Um, then they got Jeremy Chen, who is raw at this point, but he's got a ton of upside. He's, he's really very good. athletic, and he's huge. Um, he's got a potential to be a, a, a star at safety. 
I, I think he's got a lot of potential. Then they got Notre Dame corner Troy Pride in the fourth round. Then they got West Virginia safety Kenny Robinson. Who um, played in the XFL. Yeah, who played in the XFL. Then they got uh, defensive tackle Bravion Roy uh, from Baylor. And then they got Florida International corner uh, Stan- Stanley Thomas Oliver. But those first five picks are huge additions to their defense. Like, they, their defense just got a heck of a lot better after this draft. I mean, it's just I, – I was kind of surprised that they didn't take any offensive players. But I guess that's how Matt Rule's trying to build the team. I mean, he just went out and took seven defensive players in the, in the draft. I, I love the philosophy for Matt Rule. I mean, address your offensive – it's not going to be good anyways because, you know, your offensive line isn't good. Uh, so go ahead and I don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater is the answer. Like I, I think Bridgewater's okay, but I don't know if he's your franchise guy. Yeah. So, and right. I, I think honestly, I don't think I think they did too much to be this bad. But like you know, there were some rumors that they were going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. But I think they did too much in the off season, too oh, yeah. too many good things in the off season to be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence. They are going to be competitive, like. <laughs> Yeah. They're not going to be terrible. Like I can okay. see like a seven and nine season for them. Yeah, maybe even I'm, better. Yeah, me too. Another team I thought did very well was the Vikings. Um, in the first round they got Justin Jefferson at twenty two, a great value. Then they got Jeff Gladney at thirty one, which I thought was a good value. I thought he was going to go to them at like twenty two or twenty five, but they got him at thirty one. I love that pick. He's perfect for their system. Then they got Boise State tackle Ezra Cleveland with pick 58. Then they got Mississippi State corner Cameron Dantzler um, at number 89. Then they, they had like they had so many picks. Like they had 13 picks in, on day three, I think. Like seriously, they got a lot of guys that I like a lot. Like, but but I want okay. I want to hit on their value picks. Like they got um, okay, so I like linebacker Lynch. Troy Die. Yeah, and I like the James Lynch pick in, yeah. in the fourth round, yeah, he's too. he's very solid. Very good player. Then they got um, uh, some guys on day seven, like Kenny Wilkes. I like him. I, think, um, I don't I thought, know how you say his name. I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. I, I've always, I've always said Wilkes. it Kenny Willikis. I've always said it like that. But, like, I remember when we were doing, like, way too early mock drafts, there, like, I had him going first round. Yeah. Uh, I liked him a lot, and I still do like him. He did not, he didn't have as good of a year, that, the as good of a year that he did in 2018. You know what I'm trying to say. He, yeah, yeah. he didn't have, he didn't a, have, he didn't year have a good year, as good of a year this year as he did last year, or in the right. year 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And then they also got, like, a quality backup for Kirk Cousins yeah, and Nate Stanley. Stanley. I don't so, love him. But he's a very uh, he's a solid backup quarterback. He'll be a quality backup, yeah. Yeah, I thought they did good. They had a ton of picks. I'm surprised they didn't trade some of their day three picks for picks next year, uh, but they didn't do that. But I mean, they got a lot. But they of still hit on them too. I yeah, they got they got a lot of good value, um, and I thought they killed it with their first four picks. Like they they improved their secondary. Uh, they got a receiver. They got a tackle. Then they got James Lynch to improve their defensive line. Then they got Troy Die. Like they really had a good draft. Yeah, another another draft that I really liked was the Cowboys. Okay, so yeah. you know I don't love the CD Lamb pick, but I thought they made up for that afterwards. Like CD Lamb's gonna make their offense so much more explosive. But then they got Trayvon Diggs in the second round, uh, corner from Alabama. 
who's going to help their secondary lie. He should be, I, I assume he's going to be a year one starter and a solid starter at that. And then they get uh, Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle from Oklahoma, I, who I know you love, and I know you think that's great value in the third round. Um, and then they picked up Tyler Baidez in the fourth round, um, who honestly might start year one. Like, I really like Tyler Baidez. I, I don't really understand why he was so low on a lot of people's draft boards. But Travis Frederick did, did just retire, um, and so Baidez might, you know, have a shot at starting. They also took Reggie Robinson in the fourth round corner from Tulsa just to, you know, help out that secondary a little more. Then they took another really good value pick, in my opinion, in Bradley Anai, edge rusher from Utah. Um, and then they get a backup for Dak in uh, Ben DiNucci from James Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did very good. They got a lot of good value in the first three rounds. Um, I love the, the Gallimore pick. The Lamb is a good value at 17, although I did th- I do think they had more pressing needs. But they addressed those, like with Trevon Diggs in the second. I thought they had a very good draft. Um, a, a lot of teams did very well this year. And I, I remember hearing somebody, one GM, say that uh, the mock draft this year were going to be totally wrong for the first round. And the first round was like chalk. Like, it was not not a lot of surprising things happened. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So. I, I needed more tragic backstory, background, though. Like, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I don't think we had enough, like... Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely. I needed tra- to know on more. Tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, I needed to know more about you know every single player's you know great aunt that died when they were three. I needed to know more about that. That was really wild. Like one player at, right after he was drafted, uh, the graphic said it was like his position, like a, a cool stat line. Then his mother battled drug addiction for sixteen years. I, that was so unnecessary, ESPN. Yeah, Why was, did I need to know that? Like, yeah, no it was one like needs with to e- know with, that she fought, that his mom fought drug addiction for 16 years. It was like with y- Yator Gross Matos when his thing was up there. It was like defensive end, uh, raw power, you know, good speed for the position. And it was like dad drowned when he was three, and brother was shot when he was 13. I was like, bro. Calm down, ESPN. Is that actually what happened? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yator Gross Matos, his, his dad, well, I, I think this is correct. I don't know if it was him or another player, but I'm pretty sure it was Yator Gross Matos. His dad, when he was three years old, he was like, Yator Gross Matos like fell in the water and started drowning. And his dad jumped in to save him and drowned and died. And then mm. when he was like a teenager or something, his brother, like, I think got shot. And kill. Yeah. So, and I also found out this. I, this never appeared on the on the graphics when Jordan Love got drafted. I never heard anything about this because all anybody was talking about was how mad Aaron Rodgers was. But Jordan Love's dad killed himself when Jordan Love was thirteen, and ESPN didn't talk that. about that. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's it's tough. Jordan Love's dad uh so Jordan Love's dad was like actually a really normal happy guy but he started taking this blood pressure medicine that was messing with his head and he just like out of the blue killed himself. It was like sudden unexpected and ridiculously tragic. Wow. And ESPN didn't cover that. Oh. That's weird. So interesting. Yeah. This is such a fun draft. I can't wait for next year. 
Uh, you should yeah, I can't wait to hear more about tragedies next year if we're still in Corona and under lockdown. Because <laughs> instead of player interviews, they're just talking about how everybody in their life has died. Yeah. yeah. Oh, congrats on making it to the league. Uh, now tell us every bad thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah, it's crazy. Bro, how about Cliff Kingsbury's house? This man Bro, is this dude is a up. billionaire. What's going on? <laughs> this dude looked like like a, a financial like tech mogul or something like that. Like <laughs> like, he's just bro. like out there living his best life. Like this dude is he's single, he doesn't have any kids. Hey, good for him, but, bro. But yeah. I bet he had like girls just like he's just like, Hey, hey, go back in there. Go go. I, you can't be seen by cameras. Please. He's just a player, bro. Cliff Kingsbury's going off. And he was dressed like so nicely, like yeah, I know. Like Sean Payton, to- Sean Payton had sweatpants and a hoodie on. That would have been me. I would have been like, let's just chill, let's dress comfortably. But no, Kingsbury went all out with his mansion and his button up, his uh, button down white shirt and dress pants. Good for him, bro. Good for him. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, this is a really good draft. I thought it was re- really well done, considering the circumstances. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for our uh, first-round recap and just overall draft recap. Uh, I just put out my draft grades for the first round, so if you want to check that out, go to thewiresports.com and check that out. Also... Um, I'm about to put out a <laughs> way too early mock draft for 2021. You know, it's never too early to go ahead and start working on that. Uh, so nice. I'm sure that'll be that'll be fun to read, and that'll also you know go to thewiresports.com and check that out. And you can also check this podcast out there. Yep. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. So go check that that out. Um, uh, and now that the NFL draft season is over, NBA draft season has started. And I've already started working on that, so I'll have like I'll be doing a, a mock draft, the same kind of mock draft I did for the NFL draft. I'll be doing the same one for the NBA. I'll have my NBA uh, big board. I'll do all this stuff. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, this is fun. Hope y'all enjoyed, and we will see y'all next time. <laughs>